5.13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. And then this salt becomes tasteless. Can it get its taste again? And then in verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. And with that, we live in a culture of high speed, faster, getting the latest, greatest. Uh, I, I mean, technology changes overnight. It's Technology's changed all. Matter of fact, it, it makes my head spin. I, I'm not a tap uh, technology app kind of, I'm not that guy. I got people I hand my phone to, they fix it, give it back to me, and say, here's how you do it. And when I lock it up, I give it back to them. They give it back to me, unlocked. And, you know, so I mean, technology is just, it, it, it's just, it, and there's so many uh, variables, that, uh, you know, in the high speed, fast food. Uh, I mean, it's just going at such a rapid pace that a lot of times we, we don't have a constant light. You know what I'm saying? We 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 don't we're 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 caught up in this race, and, and, and it's moving at such a fast pace. I'm not a fast paced guy. This guy is a fast paced guy. He he doesn't yeah. He won't let me drive anymore. I mean, I tried yesterday. We're going to the lumber store. I jump in the truck. I turn my truck on, warming it up. I give him every excuse why we need to take my truck. And he finally goes, no, look, dude, we're driving my truck. Because <laughs> he's like, I done been there, done that, and I'm not going that slow again. <laughs> but we've got politicians. We've got the media. We've got even preachers, end times, and you know, we, we, we've got all this going on, and we don't see any consistency. And it, what we've done is, is we've created a, a, a society and a culture that lives on high anxiety. I, I mean, we, we, we've, we're, we're just high anxiety. We've got 10-year-olds committing suicide now. We've got to do something. We, we have got to do something. And the thing about it is, God has never changed. God is consistent. And God's not sitting up there on the edge of his seat, wringing his hands, biting his fingernails, going, where did it all go wrong, and how are we going to fix it? God has never changed. He's been consistent. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches, all of the saints. See, the consistent, never-changing word of God is going to be at work in you, and, and, and it's going to bring life, and it's going to be a lighthouse to the world that is living on their tiptoes. Come on, are y'all with me? That's what God wants to do because you are the salt of the earth and you are the light. See, our salt is what we do. It's our what? It's the flavor. See, we're all different. I'm looking at bikers. You know, we rodeo. Uh, well, 
there's business men, women. You know, we're, we, what we do is not as important as our why we do what we do. See, we all have a realm of influence, and we're all going to have to impact that realm, our world. And the thing about it is, is that we get so caught up in the what, we forget why. And God never changes. God never changes. Our situation and circumstances come and go. And God remains the same the whole time. He remains the same. Malachi 3, 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. God has never changed. And God is a God of process. We preach purpose. We've wore purpose out. But we never preach process. See, and, and, you, and you can't get to purpose without going through the process. It just ain't going to happen. What we've done is, is we've created churches to be a convenience store gas station. And we never think of how that gas got to that gas station. But I can tell you right now, you, you're not just going to go drill a hole in the ground and then go put it in a tank at the gas station. It has to go through a process before it can get there. there it's, it's fired up. It's cooked. There's additives. There's stuff that's taken out of it. It is a process. See, God has been a refining God, not a convenient Come on. See, we want we live in a society that we just want the product. And we forget about the process that made the product. But God has never changed. Daniel 2, 21 says, And it is he who changes the time and the epoch. It's him. He's in charge. The Democrats ain't in charge. The Republicans ain't in charge. The liberals ain't in charge. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? The media, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, all them C's, they, they ain't in charge. God's in charge. He's constant. He's never changing. See, he's already won the war for us. We just have to figure out there's a few battles we're going to have to fight. Listen, I, I, I'm telling you, right now, I got scars all over my body, and I feel it every morning, but I, and I'm still here. That lets me know I'm still here. I wake up knowing, man, I'm still alive. Come on. And that tells me I, I've lived life. I don't want to go to heaven in a body that's never been through nothing. Mine's going to be wore out when I get there. Come on. I have occupied while I'm in here. See, the, the churches ain't figured out because, see, all we did was preach go to heaven. We never preached, man, we got to occupy while we're here. But we've got to occupy here. Jesus said, pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, somebody's got to make heaven come to earth. So, that's us. So, we've got to learn to occupy. And one thing that I've been stuck on here lately, 
is I've been stuck on all these verses that you see hanging in your grandma's bathroom. They're hanging in the hallway, you know, and, and we say them all the time. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Come on. But we put very little thought into these things. Joshua said that when he was 110 years old. Can you imagine being 110 years old and saying, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's a man that had some scars. That's a man that had been through some disappointment. That's a man that has, that has lived in a failed expectation, not on his own doing. He could have sat around and griped and complained about not getting the promise because of somebody else. But no, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord because our why is more important than our what. And we're going to continue moving forward. We're going to go fight our battles. We're going to go do this. And we're going to get what God's promised us. Even if I'm 80 years old. Come on. See, God, God created time for us. It doesn't matter your age. You just got to get on the horse. <laughs> you just got to get on. And so, we say these scriptures, but we never think about them. Isaiah 40, 31. Yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. See, we put very little thought into that. We like to say it, but we put very little thought into it. But Isaiah was prophesying this to a people who were living in a culture just like ours, confused, trying to bring in and trying to change the religious order of the day. They were steadily trying to get God never changes, but yet they were trying to change their services and their worship to more fit them. And God is saying, hey, those who wait, those who will wait, those who will bind together and expect, Come on, when, when's the last time people come to church expecting God to move, to see God? Can, listen, Joshua expected for 40 years, right? Expected for 40 years. See, we, we've, we've got to the point where we come into churches, we've made church fit our culture. We come in, we say a prayer. We're going to heaven. And we don't never put any more thought into getting heaven into us. See, Jesus didn't die to get you to heaven. For you to just walk up and say some prayer, Lord, forgive me. I receive you. I'm going to heaven. That's not what he died for. I challenge anybody in here to show me where Jesus led somebody in that type of prayer. That's what we've made our churches. Come on, are y'all hearing me? I know. I, I feel you being challenged right now going, wait a minute, that's blasphemy. I'm telling you right now, Jesus didn't clean no prayer with people. 
No, what he did was is he made us think. And then it got into here and made believe you are the son of God. Then when they were baptized, they were willing to die for it. But what we've done is, is we've begged, pleaded, manipulated people to come to the front, say a prayer, and then we've created this shallow faith where fear and doubt comes in. Come on. But see, when you believe, and it goes from here to here, there ain't no change in your mind. Come on. And so we've just accepted it because that's the normal way of doing church. Come on. And so we don't expect to see God move because we come into church expecting to just get a revelation from the preacher instead of the preacher confirming the revelation that God's showing us throughout the week. See, those who wait, those who are binding together with God, expecting on God, they will gain new strength. This means they will be firm. Come on, we need firm Christians who are, who are a light to the world, who aren't wishy-washy up and down on a roller coaster of faith. One day you're high on the hog, the next day you're, come on. See, that's the consistency See, most Christians can't defend their faith. <laughs> See, most Christians aren't firm enough in the word of God to defend their faith. See, in that word, gain new strength, it means they will slide right by. They'll pierce or change. They'll cut off. They'll go forward. Most Christians have never, they haven't been forward. They said the prayer and went backwards. Come on. And it says they will not become weary. They will not be exhausted. Oh, I've said the prayer. I'm just wore out today. It's my only day off. I'm exhausted. Come on. They're not committed to the house of God. They're not committed to God. They're not Come on, are y'all with me in here? I see it all the time. Churches aren't competing with each other. Churches are competing with the lake on a sunny day, competing with the boat, competing, come on, are y'all hearing me, with sports and hobbies and, come on. See, God never changed his ways. We've changed ours. So we've got to remember that we've got to move on. We've got to move on. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. See, God's word isn't just something that we accept and then we walk away and try to live in the flesh. 
See, God's word, it doesn't, when you say that prayer, God's word begins to go to work in you. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you wake up in the middle of God trying to reveal his word to you. And you're like going, wait a minute, what's going on? Because, see, God's trying to get his word out of your head and into your heart. And that don't happen just because you say a little old prayer. It's a process that is going to begin to take place, that begins that word that's working, that God is for me. He is not against me. And then the devil comes against you, and you're going to find out if God's for you. Devil's going to say, hey, do you believe this? Come on, y'all with me? See, and we've ignored the devil for so long, we're like blinded by, by the attack. See, and we're also, we, we get caught up in, see, God has set before you life, prosperity, and blessing. And he's set before you a curse and adversity. Come on. And, and see, and then we get caught up in our own bad choices, and we forget how that, we, hey, we're sowing and reaping here on these choices. So we've got to figure out that, hey, we got to learn to recognize there's a devil. And we got to learn to recognize we got to make good choices. And we got to make good choices based on this word of God. So, hey, I'm going to have to know this word. Come on, are y'all with me? So that means I'm going to have to study. I can't just depend on the preacher to give it to me one hour a week. And then I'm going to go home and watch the news and the commercials nowadays are throwing confusion into your kids. We're living in a we're living in the most confused generation I've ever seen. We don't even know if what gender we are anymore. Right? I can clear this up real easy. Male, female, two genders. Two genders. Facebook recognizes 72 different genders. Male, female. It, it's simple. I get calves because we got cows and bulls. <laughs> what? It, oh, cleared it up. Done. See, God's word is consistent. And it accomplishes exactly what he sent it to do. Now, whether you catch it or not, come on. We've got to study. We've got to read. We've got to worship. See, the word begins a journey. It begins a process from our head to our heart. Hebrews 4, 12 says the word of God is living and active Come on, when is the last time that you read the word and you thought, man, this ain't just something I'm saying, but this word is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going down and dividing even into the marrow. It's, it's getting in you. Come on, it's a living word of God, and it will accomplish that which he desires, and that is to make you victorious. Come on, the word that you speak out of your mouth 
can move mountains. It can raise the dead. It'll change your situation. Even when your eyes don't see it, your ears don't hear it, and you're feeling like, man, I am drowning. Let me tell you something. The words that you speak out of your mouth are life. You can kick the addiction. Come on. You can kick it. You can get it. Come on. When that addiction starts saying you've got to have another one, you've got to have another one, you say, no, I don't. I am healed. God set me free. God has redeemed me. The monkey is off my back. The chains are gone. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Come on, you just have to keep speaking it until it gets here. And when it gets here, come on, then you can walk away from that thing. And it's, it doesn't have no hold on you. Come on. Backs up on my time. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Come on, David said this. We, we read this all the time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And for time's sake, I'm going to move on here. Because listen, David, he was, listen, he says, I shall not want. David was in a cave writing this down and he didn't have a house. He was being hunted down like a dog. And he was he did he needed everything, but he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He was in distress. And he said, He leads me by quiet waters. Lay down in green pastures. Come on. David, the word of God over David's life was that he was a man after God's own heart. And that word was working in him. And it was working a process. The word was, is that you're going to be king. But yet here I am living in a cave. See, the process at work in us, your current situation may be, you, it may be the word, maybe you're going to the throne, but your current situation is a cave. David never got caught up in the what or the why. David's heart was to God. Come on. David's why was more important than his what, and his circumstances didn't dictate to him where he was going. David said, I shall not want. Why? Because my heart was for God and to be pleasing to God. And too many times we get caught up in our what. In our attention, we want attention. We want this. Well, yeah, listen, God has got this. And we just have to consistently be pleasing and moving forward. And God will take care of the what? The salt. And it won't lose its taste when you've got your eyes on the light. Come on. See, the why, the why you do it is because God loves you and God has a plan. And you can't, you can't get caught up in, 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 in everything that's going on around you. 
the motive of David's heart was to be pleasing and worship God, not to be king. 